The next African story will be written by Africans. Meet the people using technology, innovation, and entrepreneurship to craft this new narrative. This is Building the Future Podcast with your host, Dalton, coming up today on Building the Future. Usually, one thing I've learned from a lot of both Indian businesses, Jewish businesses, Chinese businesses, there's a lot of collaboration. But many Nigerian businesses, they don't do collaboration. Everyone yes. wants to be the star player. You should mark this date on your calendar, 21st to 22nd November 2017. That's when I'm hosting the second series of High Growth Africa Summit. Last year, the High Growth Africa Summit 2016 was lit. We had over 350 entrepreneurs and investors across Nigeria, other African countries, UK and US. And we had loads of great speakers. This year, it's going to be bigger and better. It's happening in Lagos. We expect to gather more than 750 entrepreneurs and investors. This is not your average conference. The focus will be about learning how to build, scale, and fund your own business in Africa. There will be workshops, seminars, and masterclasses on practical stuff like how to validate a startup idea, how to grow your business through digital marketing, how to hire and manage a software development team, key questions investors will ask you before taking a meeting. The sessions will be taken by entrepreneurs who have been in the trenches and have battle scars to show, and investors who are currently taking big risks on African startups. To attend this conference, you need to register at highgrowthafrica.com that is h-i-g-h-g-r-o-w-t-h africa.com it's happening on the 21st to 22nd november 2017 in lagos nigeria the ticket is less than 30 dollars for general pass and 100 for the investor pass but the ticket price goes up as we get closer to the conference go to highgrowthafrica.com and register now that is h-i-g-h-g-r-o-w-t-h africa.com and register now so michael welcome to the show thanks for having me <laughs> it's a great pleasure to actually meet you i've heard a bit about Vogue bay but i didn't know a lot because you guys you don't make so much noise in the african tech ecosystem even though you've been there for a long time uh, Vogue bay is one of the top fintech company and we jammed at a conference uh, in london and we started talking and a few things that you said that caught my attention. I said, you have to come to my podcast and I need to talk to you. You guys have built a multi-million dollar business in Africa without raising a dime. See, I want to know more about that. <laughs> Everyone wants to know. So, so let's start with that and then I'm going to ask about you. Okay. So how did Vogue start and how did you get to this stage where you don't raise any money and then you are doing well? Okay. Oh, thank you very much. It's, uh, I feel honored to be here with you and uh, thank you for coming to see us uh, level 39. We started Vogue Pay in 2012 uh, with our founders. Uh, we're co-founders uh, we're about four. Originally, we we're about five. Myself, Michael Femi Simeon, Lekeo Ojukutu, Jeff Welliwosu, and Kwam Ojukutu, then Victoria Sleet. Victoria Sleet was the only English ladies uh, among us. She has taken a back seat on the business now. Our journey is, I think, is every man, every woman's journey. For me, I was tasked by my sister to help her set up e-commerce website, just to help overlook and someone ask her that she needs a payment system to connect. And she was having trouble in terms of finding payment system that will accept her. And where she based? She, she's based in Newcastle. In she New was Blender. based in Newcastle. Yep. She, wants, she was trading in Africa? No, she wants to sell to Africa. She, she has an e-commerce platform. She's a yep. merchant that wants to sell stuff to Africa. To Africa. And she wants Africans to be able to pay her. Indeed. And using a card from Africa. Using our own card. In, using in their Africa. card yeah. and then so that you can receive so can it. So at that time, it was PayPal, right? So she, the option that she had then was PayPal. Uh, if she was trading they, in the UK to UK consumer, they will just be paying yeah. through PayPal. But in Africa... Okay. They said they pay, don't accept. They don't accept Nigerian cards. Yes. Okay. So... I was puzzled by this. What, what year was you know, this? Uh, th this was in 2012, around 2012. And at the time, my background uh, property investment, I was doing my property investment business. Um, so, and also as the only boy and the last boy in the family, you know, as you, if you're Nigerian, you understand that your sister makes you do everything. You know, so I was tasked to help her 
solve that problem. So I call. She expects you to solve the problem how? Yeah, she just expects me to not to create a company, <laughs> but just to call or, you know, call PayPal and start Haigu making the case and stuff. So I was curious. Um, usually, I'm always a, in my born and in my blood, I always business activist. I don't believe that you should beg anyone to give them your business. Um, I, in fact, I believe the other way around, uh, people should prove themselves that they are worthy of your business. So I called PayPal. I was surprised to receive a message at the time saying, the, the word that really got to me was, we don't do Nigerians. I felt, why? You know, are we aliens? Are we... <laughs> okay, is it because you haven't set up things in Nigeria? But is the fact that the person I was speaking to at the time felt irritated that I even dare ask about Nigeria. You know, ask about Nigeria. So that caught my interest. Okay. For every challenge, it's an opportunity. Yes. Then I spoke to other friends. Then I realized that actually a lot of people were all suffering in, in silence. People have been going, different people. So I'll, you saw the need. Yeah, so we saw the need. So at uh, what point did you convince yourself that this has to be solved by you? I was very realistic. Yeah, I spoke to friends. I spoke to Jeff and Co. And he said, Jeff uh, knows my CTO, said, you know, that Lake was trying to push something out. Now, Lake Hill Jukutu, at the time, has done a lot of t good technology. It, it, I mean, this is a guy that have done Lagos State Database. is the one that built the whole database for Lagos So Lake Jukutu is a tech guy who builds stuff for who other build people. Who builds stuff. You have a, a software company called AfriSoft. And yeah. So he was working on Vogue Pay, trying to solve the same problem. So Leke has been working on Vogue Pay. Yeah, he's been working on the software for Vogue Pay. Yes. You know, so as a, from as a as of uh, as a technology as of, person. Yeah. Okay. So, so somebody now told you that Leke is doing something on Vogue Pay. Yeah, he's trying to put the same thing out there. So all of us now say, all right, we're all friends. It's ten of us trying to solve this problem individually. Okay. So let's walk back a bit. Okay. You wanted to solve the problem. It's okay. Yeah. We need to build a payment uh, gateway or payment platform that merchants all over the world can use to accept payment from Africans yeah. or from Nigerians. So you, you wanted to do it yourself. Yeah. You are and you are not a tech person, so you're looking for. I'm a business person. Now. You're looking for tech person to build it. Yeah. You have your ideas, and there's a friend now told you about Leke, or yeah. you know Leke as well. A friend introduced me to Leke and told you that Leke is doing something yeah, similar. Leke, Leke is yeah, building he's it. trying to build on something and testing something similar. Uh -huh. so, so that's how you got together. So that's how Vogue came to about you know usually one thing i've learned from a lot of both indian businesses jewish businesses chinese businesses there's a, there's a lot of collaboration but many nigerian businesses they don't do collaboration everyone yes. wants to be the star player yes but yes. this is a teamwork it's not so you you realize the importance of teamwork indeed and is that why you got a lot of your co-founders to come together indeed. and to complement yes so what did they each contribute to it and because you could actually come you and Leke can build it and then yeah. you employ people and you yeah. pay them so why did you have to get that you see from um, the the, the, we always said to people on companies that compete with us they're not competing with just one person they're competing with a team and yeah, but other people can have, they have teams. Yeah, as but well. you can't. What you what you can't buy is you can't get employee to do something even better than you. In you know, I can get employee to be a CEO better than me, but it will not do a die, do or die for, for Volpe. It will just move to another. Yeah. So did all these other co-founders then yeah. bring money in? And yeah. But money is not the. So how much did the, you guys start with? To well, Volpe, mm -hmm. both pay, was started with just over $1,000. What did you... When I said just over $1,000, yeah. you know, this just covered the SSL certificate and little thing then get the uh, customer service person. That's the... So because the technology has been built by Leke. The sample have been built by Leke. The MVP, the minimum value MVP product was built by Leke. Indeed. So you just need to push it out. We so just need to push it out. So the four of you were working for nothing, so for free. we're not only working for free, we are funding it with our own savings. Okay, so that means you put in more than the thousand. Of course, of course. It, yeah. So it's just the initial buying the, the URL and the, buying the SSL and certificate and stuff. That's right. But 
every month the four of you, every, the five of you are putting we're, more we're money putting, in. Yeah, we're putting more money in. Every month, you know, another $1,000 is going, you know, another $500 is going. It just depends on the needs and how we're growing. And well, the five of you, do you all have full-time job as well? Hey, or you have your own business? Here? At the time, you know, I have a property investment um, business. Um, but and I you was, buy properties and sell. Yeah, I bought. Uh, I usually build. I uh, build my own, own student home. Um, uh, build, um, buy property and let it out and sell part. Um, so, and it's a business that I built when I was university. So, because I was so obsessed, we also obsessed with solving this problem. We we left what we're doing. Okay. That to focus on this. So everybody. Not all of them are property developers. Yes, like uh, some of them are other jobs as well. So yes. I just want to. So what we agreed at the time is, without giving too much away, what we agree was, all right, you you'll be full time on this task, then you also pull certain amount of money in every month, and you not take a dime. So imagine people working for a year without taking a single payment. They're just grinding away for a, a year. And they're contributing money as and well. And they're contributing the money. So and, but they're working full-time as well. No. Get, where are they getting their money no, no, from? No, because they already have savings. Okay, so that's what the picture I want to get. Yeah. Because somebody can listen to that student and say, oh, why don't we do that? But you, there are a lot of entrepreneurs that don't have the luxury of having savings, savings yeah. or having income or other income before they start their business. Indeed. That's why a lot of people have to raise money mm-hmm. because they don't have that savings or they don't have the income. They don't have a parent that can fund them yeah. for a year without being paid. They yeah. have to leave, right? So I just want to get that. Yeah, let me, let me. So that people will not hear this. It, well, they started a business and I five know. co-founders with it, no it, money. So. And it, there's some underlining factors that made you guys do that indeed indeed but not only that not to take away from the effort because i think it's very important it's not as if we have hundred of thousands of dollars that we stash away somewhere your savings can only get you to somewhere then you start running out of money okay yeah but you need to know that your savings will act as a rocket that propel you Yes. And after so we're going to get to that place where yeah. maybe you when you run out of money. I just want to understand the beginning where the yeah. five of you, you have maybe savings, you have your job, and then yep. all the five left their jobs. All the five people left their job. Left their job. They want they focus yep. on this, yep. working on it full time, yep. and contributing from their savings to yep. it as well. A large percentage of entrepreneurs in the world use their savings to fund their business. Yeah. Um, only very small percentage of entrepreneurs in the world raise money. That's the thing that people don't know. Raising money, especially investment money, is very. It's only minute entrepreneurs that are able to do that. Most businesses in the world are funded by the savings of the entrepreneurs. Yeah. A large percentage are funded by loans. Yeah. More even more than investment money. So, but what the beauty of what you did was instead of just you or one person funding the business with their own savings, you leverage your Collective risk by effort. having five people yeah. funding. That means you have five times the amount of money you could have done on That's your correct. own, and the risk is shared, and yeah. also the effort of the five of you into that business means that you have maybe more longer runway, but more than no. that, longer commitment and strength and support and encouragement along the way. That's correct. So that's the beauty of that. So so you did that. You did that for how long? Did you, so, um, brief correction there. Mm. It was the four of us that was full time. The fifth person, which is um, Victoria, okay. she was she didn't leave her job, so she was continue to um, support the business and take a back seat um, for the people. Who and she was just, she was just contributing money. Yes, into, um, the into the business and obviously and and her skills as well. A weekend, but she was just working a part time on what we do. How did you get to know Victoria? Oh, Victoria was a partner in, in uh, when we were in Newcastle. Right. So we all so you convinced friends. That. We convinced. So you just say, oh, this. Let's do this together. Let's all, you know. I'm always. I've always believed in collective effort. I like bringing people together, and trying to make sure that we all leverage on each other to get the best uh, out of each other to resolve solve its own situation. So, I want to ask a question about what happened after a year. Or how many months did you run that without making money no. and contributing your money? But I want to talk about how you guys divided the equity amongst yourself? Did you just sit down and say, okay, let's cut it half or um, equally? Or what was the discussion <laughs> like? Well, the discussion was uh, very amicable. Of course, uh, everyone is a t- tough negotiation. But one thing that we put forward that's so important to everyone 
is we put the business forward first. The business come first, you know, in fact, when we say, all right, this is what we're going to have. You have X, you have Y. There wasn't too much debate. Did you divide it based on the contribution of each individual or you just divided equally? We divided it equally. Equally? Equally. Because a lot of growth thought said that's not the best thing to do because some people's contribution might be go great. down over time. Yeah, or some people might be more than the other person. Did you just divide equally and say that's a fixed or did you do it as a vesting uh, process? It is a vesting process. We even, you know, we even give to our own um, employees. employees. But you vested. So all the founders yeah. also vested. So, Indeed. so when somebody took a back seat, does that mean that person is not having... If if I take back seat now, yeah. right, I will be paid for my share and my share will still, or I can hold my share in, depending on what the agreement um, says. Okay. So all those things, I always leave it to legal people. To okay, but you vested. So your agreement yeah. initially was vested. Okay, that's fine. So let's go to the bit where you started working and then you were contributing, everybody was contributing financially to it. Were yeah. you contributing fin equally, financially? Yeah. And what was that money being spent on? The tech people. You hired tech. We hired tech. You hired employees. Employees. We have few employees at so the time. So let's, let's, um, let's talk about your first minimum viable product that yeah. you released as a business. Yeah. How did you go about launching that? Because fintech, right? So yeah. It's not just something you can just you, launch and get you, to You everyone. see, we launched the, uh, this thing was launched into the market. They only had just little fixtures, no, no complication. Because what we want to achieve is to offer service first, innovation second, to be able to serve Nigerians. So I want to understand your first product or your first yep. USB. Yeah, how so did, I'm coming back to that. that? Yeah. that. So, so when we launched that into market, we realized that we were very price sensitive. Yeah. So we free to integrate. Some of our competitors were charging thousands of dollars to integrate at That's the time. That's interesting. So we, you, make it we innovate free. and say, okay, let's make it frictionless. Yep. Let's make it no-brainer for people to join. So it's yep. free to integrate. Integrate. And not only services that. like corporate yeah. here. Not only that, we now created a lot of free plugins. So whether you're on WooCommerce, whether you're on Magento, whether you, you can connect. That's interesting. You know. So you made it easy for... So you make it almost platform agnostic. Indeed. So that people can connect from any software that they built. They built, any language they built the system on. And is that because you have at your core a CTO who understands the product? So you have that tech, it, DNA, it, and that can easily build other... Yeah, things. at the core, we did all, a lot of research. You know, we put our heads to the ground and try and see what's the key things that people ask. You know, we're in business of solving problems. That's the business we're in. What are the key things? What are the painful, no? What are the, the most trendy things? What are the key challenges? You know, where is he coming from? What the customers are saying? And when we did that in our MVP, 6,000 SMEs, without doing a single marketing. So how did they get to know you? People are just, you know, we explain our product to developers and the developer tested out our product and they see that there's a key thing they've been looking for because now different own developers can just, they can just take our products, you can take WooCommerce or WordPress, and enable and match and So these developers are African developers? African developers. So the strategy you employ was rather than going directly to the merchant because they are disaggregated, um, you went directly to, you the, went to the developers, developers who will have maybe on average 10 or 15 merchants who they build e-commerce platform yeah. for them or traders. So, so you went to those people and said, this is a simple payment That's correct. Uh, platform that you can use for yeah. the merchant and they can use, they can then collect payments yeah. from anywhere, specifically Nigeria, right? They can collect payment from anywhere, but it will attack Specifically Nigeria. Nigeria. Because at that point, the alternative they have was... At that point, all that they have was the interest Interswitch. Uh, or e-transact. E-transact, which was, was expensive, expensive for them. Or GTP. So, so let's go back to your original quest. This is interesting because a lot yeah. of startup founders create solution to solve a particular problem that they experience. But after over time, the, the business pivot and they consider it as a bigger problem, yeah. maybe related or not related to the one they originally have. So you wanted to solve a problem for a merchant, your sister in the UK, yeah. who wants to collect money from customers in Nigeria. Yeah. 
but you ended up building a product that merchants in Nigeria yeah. can use as well to collect payment from that's right. Nigeria. And the problem you then solved was the friction and the price. That's and that's the service right. yeah. problem. My experience have taught me that if you want to launch anything, you have to research the market, you have to understand the market you operating in. And not only that, you have to build something that fit for purpose. Yes. So you're getting feedback and then you're building. And you know, the trick things is people feedback position changes. The right. moves yes. and you have to stay ahead of the curve. Yes. And that's the core of lean startup marketing. So that's interesting. So you got so you went to the merchant, to the developers, and the developers said, this is a good product. We're gonna yep. introduce it to yep. the merchant that we work with and then they started integrating. Especially when we're giving you for free. Yes. <laughs> because other people they have to pay. They have to pay. Interest fees time and call they are, you have to pay. How much were they? Well, they, they, they range from three thousand to six thousand uh, up to six thousand dollars they were charging. To just install to, it? To, yeah, so that to means integrate. They, they, they would have and to the length of time that it takes to integrate was oh, longer. Right. But that means they will exclude smaller merchants. Then. Yeah, well, that's what they've been doing. They were targeting a higher point of the market. Yes. And then you said there are loads of underserved part of this market. A, SMEs, uh, SMEs small business yep. merchants. We want to trade online, yep. but this $3,000 thing is too much for that. that, that is, they're not being served by the existing player right. in the market. Uh, and then you went for those people. Indeed. There's a strategic and tactical move that, that why we went for those people. Because to the likes of people who were before us, you are just a startup. You're promising. Startup always full of hope and, you know, promise I'm going to make $1 million within, I'm going to do this transaction. But the question is, have you done it now? Because you haven't done it now, they cannot give you a discount and say we will integrate this for free for you. They have yes. to like charge plus, you. Plus, and then when they started, there were very few companies that were, that were trading online. Indeed. So it makes sense for them. But that's the reason why they were very, that's part of the reason why there were few companies trading online because it was expensive. Yes, and so I'm trying to understand the logic, uh, not that it should be good to have the founder in the switch to come to the show at some point as well to explain the idea and the logic behind it because I'm hypothesizing here yeah. that when they started, there were few companies that can trade online. That It makes sense for them to trade online. That was the early 90s, right? So, And then it, the cost of installation at that time as well mm -hmm. was high. I mean, everywhere because technology was more expensive in those days, right? Yeah. So it makes sense for them to go out after the big players rather I'm, than I, small merchants. What I'm saying is I'm not criticizing industry. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm not trying to because it would, yes. it would be unprofessional of me. Yeah, yeah. No, well, I'm, what, what I'm, they, I'm yeah. not saying you are, I'm just saying that that is the normal evolution of business. So it's the same thing that played out between Oracle yeah. and Amazon. Yeah. So Oracle, they had the opportunity of doing the best cloud. Indeed. Um, data storage in the world, right? But yeah. they were they've been locked down into this big businesses that pay Oracle hundreds and hundreds of dollars every month. So it doesn't make sense for them to be going after small startup. But when Amazon started, they make cloud easy the for small businesses to join. So you, you make a good comparison. It's, uh, this is what I'm saying. How I fully un understood why they, because, you know, in Nigeria, the banks are supposed to have done what industries were doing. But because they are banked, they're busy serving oil and gas industry and making their cool money. So they it gave room for instant disruption. And then you then came then as a the next wave. Then we now came there, all right. And there will be well. other people and then that will come after you. After us. Yeah, and then they are actually. You know, and this is just the evolution. That's why, for example, right, you used to have um, Blockbuster before. You yes. used to go and rent movies. Yes. And then Netflix, Netflix yes. take them so, out. And that's the story of disruption, right? Yeah. Which is interesting that yeah. um, technology moves very fast. Like yeah. Most law, the, which is very, very real that technology, the processing power will be grows by maybe just exponentially, yeah. right? So you will have a company that will understand the trend of time and create a solution that is innovative at a particular time, but they will never remain innovative forever. There will always be something that they've left out because A, you don't have ultimate and all resources that can solve every problem. Every problem. Even Google cannot solve every problem. I mean, there right. won't be any Google if Microsoft have, you know, because Microsoft have the capabilities. Yes. yes. And then mm. Google as well cannot solve all problems. Yeah. So, so there will always be some bit in the market that another player who we'll come and doesn't have 
the legacy uh, technology or the legacy because you're a big you're a big company and you now have structure and process yeah. uh, Wuhan have free time to think about that stuff and they can look at small market that you are overlooking because yeah. it doesn't worth your time that's right they can go after, after it. so that's what you did to that first generation of e-transact and, yeah. and interswitch and there are other people that have not seen other place in the market like Paystack or Flutterwave who are now doing something that they felt that you guys are not doing as well. Yes, uh, I mean, and there'll be other people that will come that after will come that. <laughs> it's always, and that's what makes it interesting. But what it beats to stay, to stay relevant is, you know, there always been this wave of innovation, yep. right? So companies that have stayed relevant for a long time have always been disrupting themselves. That's right. Right, so yeah. they always think the graph goes up, and then you will pick at some point, yeah. no matter what your technology or your innovation is. So what you can do is to internally disrupt yourself, yeah. in order for you to stay to, to stay ahead. Of the curve. And that's why you need good team, because some of our new products and stuff, they are concept of our team. They will just come to us and said, "Oh, this is what customer are asking for." We gain information from our customers in terms of their challenge and what's the what's their pain point and we want to sensitively solve their pain. And you are agile enough to want to create we, that. You see that, that to, that's to the thing. We that are pain. so in the market in West Africa, I can tell you today that we're the fastest growing technology company in, in West Africa. That's never raised any dime from anyone. Yes. Yeah? Then two, we're not trying to build I'm not trying to build Michael Femi Simeon. I'm trying to build this machine that can compete on the international par. I'm not interested in creating lifestyle business or looking good. And at times, that's why some of us don't even appear anywhere, because we keep thinking and we permanently station our mind in the mind of startup. Yes, which is fantastic. So I want to I want to eat on something. I'm still going to ask a question about what happened when you ran out of money and yep. stuff. But I want to ask, you know raising money, what are the benefits of that? There's some obvious benefits. You're not yeah. answering to anyone. But where I'm going into is that, did that give you the flexibility to try different stuff? Because you don't have investor that you have constrained. to... Constrained. You, you're constrained with a KPI, with a yep. permanent KPI to investor yep. that you have to be delivering to because generally you have to return yep. investment and you have to grow at a particular rate. Does that give you that freedom to that, do that? that because of course, money? that gives us immense freedom. I would not pretend as if there are no benefits to raising money. And I'm sure in future to come, we will go out raise money or go on IPO. But we, we always believe that you don't build your castle on sand. You need to build the foundation in this situation then pace by pace, you need to now start stacking your block. And that's been our approach. It's not that we don't need money to quickly you know, explode, but if we don't need that money at the right time, I don't want money in the bank. But, 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 but you always need money to do stuff, so you're not going to raise money and keep it in bank, right? Yeah, yeah, but you, but wanna, the, you, you deploy the capital to yeah, grow Yeah, but you don't want to lose right? focus. No, no, but raising money doesn't actually make you to lose focus. I'm not s suggesting that it does. Mm. I'm saying for vote pay group what we're doing is no matter how good sprinter you are this is a marathon it's not a, it's not a sprint it's a marathon no yeah, matter i think there's an argument about raising money for raising money against it uh, but i think i get your point about the fact that you need to have a business that will be able to utilize the capital rather than just raising money just because you're a startup right yep. so there's this silicon valley doctrine that Startup is equal to raising money, which is wrong. Not all startups raise money. Mailchimp never raised money, and they are high growth tech business. There are other businesses as well, like Tatinez Signals, the base camp, yeah. never raised money, and they are very, very successful high growth business. And even e commerce business as well. So you can say B2B, that's B2B, it's very easy yeah. for you to be. But uh, e commerce like Eat24 didn't raise money. But there is also the argument for businesses that did raise money because they raise money in order to scale quickly and fast yeah. because capital gives you that edge. And raising money is a competitive advantage. Yes, it is. Because well, it scares off it, other, other competition as well. If, if we raise, raise money. money today, we'll be doing both development and acquisitions. We'll be taking a lot of people out of the way. Okay, yep. and that's why some people raise money. Yeah, I understand and that's that. Why, and it's a valid reason it, to raise it, money. It is, it is a valid reason to raise money. What I'm saying, the difference I'm trying to make is this. That Nigerian uh, environment, you can't compare with San Francisco or New York. And we're not in the business of doing experiment. We're a business of creating what we expect would dominate or be an institution. But 
creating the culture around that in institution. Which you can do with raising money yeah. as well. So I, I think I get your argument about the father. No raising money, if, if you have to put side by side, if you can build a high growth business that is successful without raising yeah. money, that's the best way. Because I mean, I've raised money in my business before and if I want to do any other business, I would prefer not to raise money because I've done, I know what impact of it. And I know the, the understanding behind raising money. There's a lot of things that you did right and there's also the bit of luck as well and I'm going to get into yeah. that. But I, I agree with your understanding and your philosophy that if you can do without raising money it gives you freedom it gives you focus it helps you to be able to build in your own yep. on your own terms. i'm not saying this is what i'm just want to be clear with i'm not saying that we're not going to raise money right what i'm saying is we still feel even despite our successes we still feel that we haven't even started yet okay just based on the problems based on the environment based on the some of the challenges that we've seen that it needs to be in place and we feel that we still haven't even started yet. Now, when it gets to, if you're a mechanic, you're fixing the car, you, at one point you need spanner, at one point you need hammer. We are using spanner, we will still need hammer. Can you give us a picture of how big you are now, what, are, what you're doing now? So in terms of transaction, yeah. what's, your, what's your transaction? In, in terms of time transaction, we do down tens of uh, million dollars um, um, monthly, in terms of transaction. So you do tens, so you, you do uh, double, uh, you, you do, how many figures is that? That would be like nine figures. So you do tens it, of millions of dollars transaction it, monthly. I mean, it, it, among I mean, the group, it, within the within the whole... We have different product suites. Product, within, yeah. So you, how many merchants have you got? In terms of registered merchants, we recently signed the Nigerian National uh, Computer Science. To get an idea from that one, that would be 260,000 um, from that. What are NACOS? NACOS have got... NACOS has got... got merchants they, on, they've got, on the they, they, Yeah, they've got, no, they've got members and... Uh, we sign a deal we which will be an announcing very soon. We sign a deal with them to help them. So some of the um, members uh, will become VogPay users. In terms of SMEs, we have just over fifty thousand using active merchants who are yeah active yeah okay. Active. So can you give an idea of your turnover? Ah, this is a I know it's, I know it's a it, difficult for you to but you can give an idea. It, it, so you don't have to be specific. What I would say is millions of dollars. In, so in term of uh, own, so own you're having millions, mi millions of dollars turnover. Yep. Um, that means you'll be charging like ten percent of your transaction, or what? because no, you're no, doing no. tens of thousands. Yeah, yeah, but we don't. You see, we are very price sensitive, and the reason why we are in Ikeja, why we're not in VI on one skyscraper, is because we want to pass the savings to our customer. No, no, that's nothing to do with your revenue. That has no, no, to no. do with your. No, with no your I thought you said that we will be charging 10%. Yeah, we don't yeah. charge so 10%. If, so if you're not charging 10%. What we charge on our transaction, on a typical transaction for withdrawal, we, we charge 1.5 1. plus, uh, 1. plus um, 13 error. In some places, we charge 1.8. Okay, so let's say you're charging 1.5. So that means if you, for you to be making a million dollar Let's just say million dollar and a turnover. You're doing like hundred million. I don't want you to put my hands in it, but yeah, oh, let me let me let, let, let me let me. Yeah. millions. Yeah, we're doing tens of millions dollar. Let me I'm just give me a picture here right. because that will help. Let me give you. Help. Let me just give you. In payment system, you not only make money from the transaction fee. That's not the only where the revenue comes from. Okay, there are other things that are attached from your uh, lot to various other things that that the customer. Okay, so you have other ancillary, other ancillary but, product. But, but it makes sense anyway. In, in fact. It's only 30% of your revenue come from direct transactions. No, no, but actually it makes sense anyway, because if you're doing tens of millions of dollars transaction, just on transaction yep. every month, but on average, let's say $10 million, okay? So yep. on average, you're doing $120 million transaction on an annual basis. Yeah. And 1% of that is $1.2 million. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, well, yeah. So, so, so we're on a good start. How quickly did you get to that? I mean, that you have to stop you guys contributing. Oh, how, when did yeah, you become? Well, how, did, how did it become? The question is, when do we become? When, when do we break cash even? Cash flow positive. Yeah. When yeah did okay. Become cash flow that positive? was uh, 2015. Uh, beginning, I think, if my memory serves me right, correctly. I think it was in March in 2000. You became cash flow positive 2015. Yeah. And you've been in a business for, since 2012. 2012. So yeah. between 2012 and 2015, the founders were just contributing money well, just to the business. No, 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 they don't. Between 2012 to 2013, we're contributing money. Between 2013, the business have gained enough grants where we'll contribute less because the and business- you're getting salary at that time. Uh, no, we're not. 
You're not getting salary. No, no. The the business generates enough money to, to pay the founders. To, to, no, no, no. To pay itself. Yep. So that's why we're not we're not classing it as breaking even then because okay, it hasn't started paying. So, so, paying the, so does that mean all the founders have enough cash to still last that long? We're getting our expenses paid for. I understand. Yeah, but, so, you're not, but you're not contributing money anymore. No, we're not contributing anymore. Yes, which, yes, is, yes, <laughs> which is which so is a relief. We can still leave. We can still pay their rent. Pay, pay their rent. But not having No, we're not we're not living lavishly. You know. Okay. We have we, we haven't got Bentley outside. You started a business in 2012. 2012. The founders were contributing money into the business and, never, and not making anything. anything. And you're contributing individually like in $1,000. $1,000, $500, depends on our needs, but minimum $500. Minimum $500 per month, the founders were contributing to the yeah. business. And you're not taking anything out, Nothing. including your expenses. That's correct. And 2014, the business was making enough that it founders don't have to be contributing any cash into That's the business. Correct. And in 2015... Effectively, because obviously all those money that you've put in, you have to start recovering it. You know, you not you won't be you know you won't be um, breaking even uh, until you recover um, those money that. So 2015 was when you made enough money for the business that the founders can take some money take, out. Take those money that they've put in. That in they've put in. Okay, so yeah. so the, the first thing was the founders took all the money that you put in, you took the half first. That's correct. That's that's the break-even point for yeah. you. So that means at some point between 2014 to 2015, the business was generating enough profit. That's correct. Operating profit for you to now to, to start to, to slowly, save yeah, to start and, and take. Oh, you're taking that out immediately. Yeah, after. so in 2015, the, the business was generating enough profit for us to, to of course to pay the all our cost to have a savings for the business and then and enough to also start taking out some of the money that we initially put in okay so i want to get an idea of how much it costs you to build this business so in total you have in an idea of how much all of you contributed in ballpark figure between 2012 and 2014 it depends how you want to calculate it in uh, monetary terms mm -hmm. monetary you, terms now, yeah, yeah. You, you say in total uh, over the years i uh, would have put between one hundred fifty thousand dollars down to two hundred thousand dollars that's still very impressive that you built a fintech company that grew really fast and is now generating over 1.5 million dollars per annum mm -hmm. within um five years Mm -hmm. And and you build that business with two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, I, I mean we still have a long way to go. No, no, but that, yeah. that's what you built so far. So if you, I, I know it doesn't work that way every time. The dynamics might be totally different. You might not be as cash efficient as you were. But if someone are giving you two hundred thousand dollars, just like for like now, you would have built a business that is generating one point five million dollars. But it doesn't always work that way. It doesn't you always. I know that yeah. if somebody gave me two hundred thousand dollars at the beginning, you would have wasted it. Yeah, not be efficient as you the, were. You, uh, we wouldn't have been efficient and prudent. We're very prudent the way we, before we spend a penny. In fact, we're the babajebu of um, technology. Before we spend a penny, we have to. Robert Chapel means the the mice, the miserly guy, the guys that don't want well, to spend it, spend money. It, it, just for our non-Nigerian audience. audience. So sorry, my apology. Yeah. And uh, before we spend a penny, we need to know where would that penny get us? What return will we get for this penny? Does it make sense? Because the thing about startups, there are a lot of obvious things that you can do that doesn't necessarily bring you anything. That's true. Yeah, they bring you, it can give you a lot of noise, but noises doesn't, you know, and at times you can also have a certain, a lot of customer that don't necessarily generate you. That's true. So what, are, so I think I'll get to that as well. And what are the key things that you did um, that A, save you money, help you to be efficient, and also you focus on profitability? Yeah. The first thing we did was the location where we station our office. Everyone complained about it. Why? Because we decided to go and get office in Agege in Lagos. And which is not where a lot of startups would want to be. No, no. It's a suburb of Lagos. It's a suburb of Lagos. That is not in, in it's the not known. Yeah, it's not known for us. But then what you're trying to save them, you'll be spending more on infrastructure like um, good internet access and, and um, I don't know. But 
I mean, access to your to your customers, for hey, example. But because you know we're not customer facing reasons. Okay. The sole reason why we decided on IKK was solely based on cost. That where can we get most affordable office space? But that can affect you getting talent, by the way. So the reason why a lot of startup we want to congregate in an area or even go to some of the affluent part of the city is because you want to get the best talent. You want to get better. Well, because the, some talent will not want to, to go to a, a gig. Yes. So now, if, I, if that's see, the decision point for them. Well, the decision for us was the different talent at different stage, okay. st stages. The best talent will, anyone who chose to be with you because uh, they want to dictate times, they're not fit to be in our team. There's some people on our team now that started with us, they're now director in each other because we, along the way, we both have developed each other. Some of these people have started with very low wages, but they're now on big wages because they can see reward for their effort. So you, you, you located your office in a cheap area of, of, of the city. That's right. And what other things to do? do you so, uh, what we also did is we look for people who have a very unique talent without having been motivated only solely by money. It's very important in, in Nigeria. We, by the time you receive some CVs, it was full of all sort of qualifications, MBA, CAPA, all sorts. But when it gets down to it, can't deliver. Whereas you will receive some guys who just HND or ND, but you know that this person is hungry. Okay. So we specifically selected, really concentrated on that because we know what stage we are and what are the people that we need to, to get to phase one. Then you change strategy again because at different stages, you need different type of people. Mm -hmm. So we invested in that area and we look at for what, what can we do? What can we incentivize them that will make them want to come on the journey with us? So as a team, we have different in incentivized program for them. Then secondly, we sacrifice some of our own revenue for the likes of developers. I mean, for example, if you're a developer now and you are using VogPay, you can have a developer's code because we always think that a lot of developers that... The developers working for you or developers no, that are... That your, your developer network that are, did, that are selling VogPay to uh, your merchant. Merchant. So you're giving them incentive to be able to sell it. So like affiliate program. Affiliate program. So people are making money. People are, you know, if you introduce someone to VogPay, you get 20% from what we take for two years. And so that gives you ability to scale up your sales force without actually incurring monthly mon salary. salary. Yeah. And also those developers have been very helpful to us. Someone always said that the most valuable advice is the one that you haven't paid for. And so it's always at the back of our mind that when these people give us free advice, this is what customers want. This is what this so, so they, they give you feedback as well on how to build. So, and at the, at the same time, they're also selling on your behalf. On them, yeah. So you didn't have like 500 or hundreds of salespeople no. that you are paying monthly. We didn't even have a, at the time, we didn't even have a sales team at all. You don't have a sales team. So your developers were. Yep. So the strategy that you use actually, um, is part of that is what um, Xero. So Xero is an accounting software that is really disrupting the existing players like you know, the Sage. big one, Sage. So Sage was the big accounting player in the UK and Xero was from New Zealand and the way they're spanning in the market and it grew really fast was to target the accountant, the small, medium, the accountant that serves small, medium businesses. Yeah. So, and, and they made, although the product is fantastic, by the way, the product is so, so good um, and it's easy to use for non-accountants. Yeah. But the accountants were the one actually selling Sage. Um, they were selling zero to the consumers. Uh, uh, and they were making money from that as well. Yeah, it's exactly what, what we did and what we're still doing. Um, but obviously, we combine it with other things. Because how we see our journey is we're initially at the MVP stage. Now we're at a customer. We're just coming out of customization stage. But well, that's five years. You shouldn't be at MVP stage anymore. No, no, no. We've, we've passed the MVP okay. stage. Okay. We moved to customization stage. Okay. Because so I really want to track, track that journey of you becoming profitable. So in between the five of you, yep. it means you contributed each about $40,000. That's, that's period, excluding yeah, other your time and yeah, other yeah. stuff. But you contribute. Very few entrepreneurs in Africa have forty thousand dollars that that's they correct. can put into their business. So yeah. that limits a lot of people to be able to replicate what you do. But however, some people can still do it. And, yeah. and what you did that was brilliant was that collaboration instead of yeah. you 
contributing two hundred thousand dollars one person or, or, I, or I, I would even say that we contributed each less than forty thousand dollars because when you look at how our contribution is, I think it's almost around about thirty thousand dollars. So let me see, you you spend about one fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. Okay. Because the business then start generating. Yeah, I, I really want to know okay. how much. I mean, before the business start generating money. Okay. So let's say one fifty thousand dollars. Let me see. Okay. But it's still. I mean, it's very impressive that you're able to do that within four five years and you became profitable and hugely profitable in yeah. any standard not just african standard if you have mm. any business that's making 1.5 million dollars revenue i don't know your expenses now mm. i don't know where you scale things up but you're generating 1.5 million dollars as a revenue is decent is in mm. in any market so wh- where i'm going is you were able to do that and there's so many learning points here one is that collaboration that you mm-hmm. but two is you're very efficient in your expenses but most importantly is you reject the idea that the only way to build high growth business is by raising money because if you accept that idea and mm-hmm. you went that route you would have been pursuing raising money and raising yeah. money would be one of the things that you will focus on rather than building your business yep. so you, you might not be conscious but uh, i don't know whether it's conscious of you but you rejected that idea that the way to build this business is only by raising money you focus on contributing your own cash and five of you did that and you are able to build a profitable business which is fantastic hey i mean so just to add to what you say it's exactly what now at the time while when we're doing that we're not conscious of we just know we just think in a traditional way that in any normal business you, you want to do you want to grow a business that's profitable you want to learn how to be profitable and we felt that that was more important to us than start looking for someone to come because we feel that we have ability to, we can make money we're a money making machine in our organization but we need it's not good me telling you that i need to demonstrate that so, and if I can manage at home money very well, you will feel comfortable to say, oh, I will go with these guys. Because when we hit the market to want to raise big money, it will be big money. Yeah, yeah, you can raise, it, we're not, you can raise not a lot of money, money. Now. And, and also, actually, you can even go the route of, I say, one of the startups that have done that recently is Buffer. So Buffer raised a small amount of money. They raised $500,000 when they started. Uh, Buffer is the social media management app oh. that enables you to post to Facebook. Is it, is it a Nigerian company? It's not a Nigerian company. Okay. Is that, uh, yeah, they, they started from Birmingham in the UK and they moved to San Francisco. The Joel and his other co-founder, they moved to San Francisco and they only raised $500,000. But within a few years, maybe three years, they became so profitable. They didn't have to raise any amount of money. It was a B2B business, um, but they grew using content marketing. They were able to acquire so much user that uh, within a few years, they had they were profitable. They had $1 million in a bank account savings as a business. Mm-hmm. They were very open on how much money they're making. They promote a lot of openness in startup. They post the salary of everybody. They post how much they're spending in the business uh, or the account and everything is open. And then they decided to say they're going to raise. A lot of people are begging them to that they want to put money in the business and raise. So when they decided to raise money, they raised $3 million at $60 million valuation and they said and they're raising that money so that the founders will not be distracted yeah. from work so then they took a million dollar each the founders and they only put one million dollar into the business so the founders <laughs> took one million dollars. Twelve million dollars. It sounds uh, it sounds like a group <laughs> on you and know. And the investors, yeah, the investors partly because they demonstrated that they would get that money okay. back because they demonstrated the business can scale really well. Yeah. So the investors knew what they're going into yeah. because those investors were the kind of investors that want that kind of business. And they said that they're not in it to just scale and just sell it. Yeah. Maybe they've changed their mind now, but I don't think they want to sell the company. I always, you know, I mean, in our own industry, I always think that um, it's very easy to, to set up a business. But it's not easy to run yes. a fintech business. Yes. Any um, business. Uh, any business for that matter. Now, especially to now want to run a business in Nigeria. There's about 40 selected uh, technology companies on this floor. And every time we have meet, there's a meeting and people say, oh, this company I've raised, some of, some of them have raised $10 million that they've moved on. But among them, we're still the only one profitable. So you're the among the whole. Yeah. Now, we don't measure success by profitability because that would be very naive. What we're saying is we want to demonstrate to ourselves that actually we can make money. Now, when we raise money, it's for growth. Yes. And that's the best money to it's raise. It's for growth. That's the best money to raise. That convinces you find it 
easier to raise money that way for a lot of investors mm. although you need to demonstrate what is in it for them as yeah. well but if you say okay we we know this market we demonstrated we can make money from it but now we want to expand it so we have 100,000 uh, let's say 100,000 users we know our unit economics we know how much it costs us to get those margin if we raise five million dollars we're going to put all of this money into expanding the market yep. and because we we know that I say we, we spend hundred dollars to generate ten thousand dollars yep. so if you give us five million that means we can yeah we can I mean we, we can do your cost per acquisition and then it, that's a easier argument to make yep. when you are pitching this business to anyone that we're profitable but we're raising money so that we can scale and the market is huge because uh, some other investor might still work out of the deal because they feel that okay you're profitable it's good for you as a founder but the market is not big enough yeah you have a big market it, you know anyway. I, I mean the, um, we're in this for long game i see the african market i see huge market that even you can be 10 at times so when i had some payment company i think i've never had them before and we're in the same space and that's how huge some market. of this market Oh. We're close very soon, but I want to talk about when you became profitable and, and the freedom that gives you is to is to pay the same salary, right? Yeah, we 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 always said we well, still yet we're only taking uh, allowance. Uh, it depends uh, allowance. We take monthly allowance. Um. So the founders are paid well. Yeah, and then the, the employees are paid. That's correct. Well. How many employees have you got now? Forty-three. Forty-three and cut across UK and and, um, Ni- and Nigeria. Nigeria and your merchant cut across everywhere. Everywhere. The everywhere proposition is still enable payment from anywhere. Well, payment bridge to Africa. Payment bridge to Africa and within Africa and within Africa, which is a different proposition from Flutterway, which is they're providing the backbone um, stack for other payment platforms. Flutterway is uh, they're not in the same space as us. You just they will like, say uh, that as well. Yeah. Yeah. You just like when you look at your Microsoft, you see Intel, Intel Pentium. Mm-hmm. It's just a they are software. They're the backbone for. They're the software. For, yeah inside own financial technology or something. That's, so that's they're not, what they were yeah, trying to do, yeah. yeah. yeah they, that's Although what they're doing the front facing a bit now, but, uh, but primarily the, the switch. Yeah, they just the switch for um, the, and that's why that they, they're not in the same, they're not chasing what we chase. For now, they Are you working with them? Um, we work with a lot of people in do the you, industry. Are you using the technology? No, 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 no. We, I mean, we use our own own technology. We have yeah, partner. We are okay. uh, partner, but I can't categorically say it because we use various technology in terms of you know aggregate various technology to bring best for our customer. So in some aspect, we might have you know their partner technology that we're using. You know, I won't rule that out. You know, I think collaborative efforts also make things work. But uh, I cannot categorically say that we. We're not using okay. um, the technology. So it's interesting that your business is that profitable. And the story is amazing that you built a highly profitable, high growth and profitable business with small cash and not raising any a dime. Even if you have raised $200,000 and you're profitable yep. this way, it is still very, very impressive. Did you get grants at some point? No. We get we make sure that all our strategy is self-sufficient. Okay. That means we'll your volume, bootstrap, so you we'll are driving everything. the transaction yes, as much as possible. It's driven by transaction of transaction because we know that if we don't get this transaction right, we will not get paid. Therefore, we won't be able to pay our staff. Therefore, we won't be able to have a business. And and that's why it makes you it brings the whole you know you brings the reality on to you. So a lot of people argue that transaction. In, Af- in Nigeria, is still small in terms of payment. You see, payment. that's what people think. I always think that it's small in comparison to what is not online. In comparison oh. to what, what is you all your transaction only online, or do your work? Do you do offline transaction as well? I seen POS. FCMB wanted to do POS with us, but there are challenges. And if you notice in Nigeria, most the POS is not getting grant as fast as it could because uh, it cannot compete with cash. Not only that, it could there's other factors. It, it depends on all the other infrastructure and network problems. So based on our own research a lot of people find it useless okay so yep. you, your transaction is still online it, our transaction is online mobile is online how big uh, is the market in your opinion now and how big will it be in the next five years i would say the nigeria market um in my opinion at the moment uh, i think it's about 10 billion dollar market a year yeah yeah that's uh, the transaction done online 10 it, actually there's a uh, cbn released some figures recently but uh, i just don't have that figure in front of me but i think that that 
doesn't even cover. So $10 billion a year, that's what CBN or something like that. Yeah, it's something to that effect. Um, $10 billion that a year is this transaction online. Yeah. Okay. But let, let me quickly add something to Most transactions that we still need to pick up the market as, you know, dynamics as a companies, we still haven't covered 1% of what you is obtainable. Do. And and that's where the huge market is. We process some polytechnic and that they've never had online presence before and they're processing million now. And Polytechnic and that's in... Uh, um, at college, yeah, college, outside yeah. Lagos, outside Lagos, and they accepting payment as in school fees, fees and, and all the transactions. Yeah, yeah. School, so, you, so you're working with those kind of big, yeah, we, high, high volume transactions, high volume transactions, businesses. Uh, um, um, businesses. Um, we soon we're trying to work with utility company by providing various things. So, so we have a lot of things in stock, but it's the volume, the volume of transaction that you will look at Nigeria and think this country represent a massive opportunity that will enable us to create for a lot of people and, and we want to replicate that in Africa. That's why we recently registered in Uganda. So you're registered in Uganda as a yeah. business and you So are we're doing all our setting up and all the rest of things in Uganda. I saw that you're also doing stuff in Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe yeah. So you registered in Zimbabwe? No, no, we're just giving, we have partners. Zimbabwe is using dollars and uh, bond. It makes it easy for Zimbabweans to work pay you know, for their own solution. How how big is that for you now? It's only recently we noticed that it's a lot of you know quite a bit of Zimbabweans using VoteBay and realized that it's because they're using the dollar and they have some sort of like so, a, okay. you can use wallet right. to if you're using dollars you can send it out across to anywhere you want in the world. Okay. Whereas there's a there's a restriction locally if it, so that's how they. Okay. So uh, let's talk using. about how big the market could be in the next five years. What in Nigeria and Africa? Uh, I would say in Africa is a trillion dollar market, for sure. In Nigeria, I would say between 50 and 100 dollars, a um, billion. And then in 2015, we turned down over 150 million dollars worth of transactions because we just don't have the capacity to serve everyone the way we want to serve them. Wow. You know, so for us, it's not about getting customers. It almost looks as if we're getting too much customer. Because we want to we provide first class service to people. Right. And we don't want the kind of service that we provide so you, to so be diluted. So there's, a, there's an excess market that the market is still very, is still big. Yeah. And it's just you being able to have capacity to, to meet the market. Indeed. So what, um, I'll ask you briefly now about what is the next thing for you uh, in terms of growth or do you want to IPO this or do you want to raise money to scale? What, what do you want to do? We'll be raising money to scale. And, you know, our journey has been from MVP to customization. We're just coming out of a, a customization. Once our new, of the 3.0 ready, not the... the new 3.0? You know, the one that we have now, the Vogpen now, we call it 2.0. Just like iPhone, we also so you, have... So you are revamping the whole we're revamping application? The, applica the application and the software. Now, once that is ready, we'll be raising money because we move from MVP to customization, customization to monetization. But well, you're already monetizing anyway. Of course. But in our home mind, you know, we still haven't seen anything yet. Okay. So, like, how much are you looking at raising? It's too early to say things have to be quantified, but it will have to be serious money. Like, what is serious money to you? Uh, serious money to you, it has to be millions of dollars. Yeah, millions of dollars is easy because the, people that even don't have enough transaction like you have raised the, millions of dollars. Trust me. But you're talking about tens or under. If we raise ten million dollars, yeah, what we do with ten million dollars, <laughs> everyone will feel in Africa. The way, w the effective way, we will use the ten million dollar to take off the market, and we'll be looking at acquisition, both acquisition partnership and uh, on team development and sales team. You know, those are the areas. Acquisition means you have to acquire other small. Yeah, well, we have to take people out. Is it taking them out or acquiring some of the technology and steam no, that you think? In order to scale quickly, to really move quickly, it costs you really, really take and assimilate people to okay. be. Uh, so you got some cash now that you can use to acquire some. Yeah, of some, we, we've got we've, we've got some cash, and actually it was discussed. Um, we discussed that. We feel that we're looking at the market softly, but we haven't decided on. You know, you know, who and 
who we interested in and we'll eat it. we want to make sure that wherever we go for is people who have the same passion and the same drives and share our line of uh, vision for for Africa because we're very you know very Afro um, Afrocentric Afro okay. um, um, business so how do you see the future of African tech business um, this this startup ecosystem I think it's a massive opportunity you know in the industrial age you need money, you need serious money to set up factories. But in this period, we only need knowledge. And that's what makes it unique. And I'm always trying to encourage that I enjoy laughing, I enjoy laughter and everything. But our people need to spend more time utilizing the likes of YouTube to learn how to make things than to sharing jokes. You know, if we can develop that idea of knowing that billions of information out there, there's an asset. Some of our software that we build in enormous circumstances, if um, we don't have the team or we don't have someone on our staff to build that, it would have cost us over, over half a million dollars to build. But because the knowledge is there, we need to build it as cost effective. Therefore, we can offer it to the rest of the world for a very <laughs> lower price and competitive price. That's, that's awesome. I'm going to uh, finish up this podcast with you by just asking some quick fire and question. Okay. What is your biggest pain point? Our biggest pain point is the uh, legacy system in the banking. How is that affecting you as a Well, because we might have a fast technology, but because of the regulatory, the way it works, you still have to depend on, on certain part of banks to deliver that, whereas the banks have whole technology. So therefore, it's delaying what we want to do, what we want to give to um, society. And at times, we just wish that the regulators can really pay attention to fintech because that's what they're doing over here. In London, they've created a different avenue of fintech that will allow them to deliver their solution to the market the way that will best serve the community at large, the society at large. But in, uh, in most places in Africa, they still rely on banks. So, right, banks will provide this for YouTube. And so, you're having that challenge with the banks in, in Nigeria? Indeed, in because, because they're slow. Yeah. slow and they're, Isn't that another opportunity for somebody else to be providing technology that can help the banks to interface well with different We've got fintech? That. We've built the technology, but the, the challenge is the bank, they have legacy system. Everywhere, all banks, banks are set up to be slow because they have to be conservative. And that's where, Every, all banks yeah, and that's where government comes in. Over here, the government have dealt with that issue by creating places like these where now you've got banks coming to us here in order to create solution and really deliver. Because the bank pipeline is not designed to engage a smaller business. Yes. It's designed to engage another big bank. And that's the challenge that you have in Nigeria. So what is your number one growth metric? What is the number one number that you look at in your business that indicates whether you're growing or not? The number one thing that we're looking at is the bottom line. Yeah, not only bottom line as in are we one, are we getting more customer and and are we retaining? So is it your retention number or your acquisition number that you look at? Uh, I think the, the yin-yang. Okay. They both go hand in hand. That's correct. Okay. So you look at how many merchants you're acquiring on a yep. monthly basis and, and how many of them are retained yep. on a monthly and basis. And they have to be active customers. Yeah, active. So in other words, you're looking at your number of active customers. Indeed. That's the number one metric that you look yep. at. Okay. What book are you reading at the moment? Or are you just finished reading? I, to be honest with you, I read financial books. The FT, the, that's what I read to relax. I haven't, the last book I read was Kafka. The Russian, old Russian setting books. But I haven't not read any other books. And I meant to read Richard Branson's book to revise the Nathan because I always like to learn from people's journey and more importantly that someone who recommend this book to me is about series of failures because you heard about people who are successful but you don't hear about people who, who failed yes. I want to learn from people who failed to make sure that I don't do what they do yes that's yeah. true so which business is getting you excited at the moment apart from your own business at the moment, in terms of big business or small... Any small business. It can be tech business, it can be startup, it can be big. The, the business that... But I think I'm looking at startups, businesses getting you excited at the moment. It's startup businesses. Uh, I heard about the uh, these businesses that are doing AR, you know, augmented reality um, projection, and they're trying to use it for phone. And I'm very interested in... Is it Emisi? Emisi 3D in Lagos? Or where? No, no, they in South Korea. Okay. okay. But I'm very, very interested in what Tesla is doing. Okay. And because I'm very keen about autonomous driving. Yes. I think that... Have you driven Tesla? A couple of blocks, but... A couple it, of blocks it, for the road 
road test. Road test. test. Yeah, road test. So it only take a couple of blocks in London. Because it's a test driver. My friend was looking at one, so we just well, went. I actually drove Tesla a more than a couple of blocks in the motorway. I test drove it. It was awesome. Yeah, So the first time I drove, the self-drive technology has not been released, but it was still awesome. It was great. I yeah. to drive a very quiet car. It feels so surreal. And then they called me back that they have this auto, um, this almost self-driving stuff that I should come and test it again. And I went there and it was on the motorway. It just hands off and the car is just going and bent. And it's not just going straight, it bends, it, it follows the, the road. And then if you want to if you want to change lane, you just change, you just indicate. And when you indicate, and the car is just going to look around and change lane based on uh, the circumstances around. So whether it's, it's a car behind you, it's going to change lane and make sure that it doesn't, it doesn't cut that car. And it also, you can indicate how, how much space you want it to have between you and the car ahead. And if a car comes out, across you and ditch that it's going to slow down so that it can have that gap it's yeah. just awesome i think that's one thing if i'm not doing vogue it will be autonomous driving that will be promoting africa because i feel that some of the roads that we need to build now we need to factor that into yes we need to factor that into i reckon in 15 years time driving by yourself will be a, a long gone thing yes yes you know so uh, that's something that's getting me really excited so it's been a pleasure having a chat with you i think Thank one other question very much uh, one other question i want to ask is so you want to go public at some point yeah, we want to go on public. Um, we want to go boom, big bang public. In Africa or in um, the UK? I think that it's too early to tell because we like to listen to various advices and make a decision based on the information we provided at the time. So, but the goal is to go public? The goal is to go real. And the founders become billionaires? We hope so. We will become billionaires. <laughs> That's good, yes. On the track to become billionaires. What we, we hope that there will be many, many, many multi-billion dollar companies in Africa. Yeah, I think uh, I'm convinced of that with you guys that you will build billion dollar business in hey, Africa. Thank you very much for your meeting um, us. It's a pleasure having you to come to this thank show. You. I hope to bring you back again. Thanks um, to your maybe audience. when you just raised money yeah. and you're scaling or you're going IPO. You might actually not raise money and you just raise money yeah. in the public and market. come to our office. In Lagos. In Lagos, come yes. and see us. And recently we're building our own little campus and it's full of barbecue, everything. Beautiful yeah. place to work. We'll talk about that. I think that would yeah. be awesome. That would be good. Great. Thanks so Thank much. Thank you very much. Bye. You've been listening to Building the Future podcast by Dalton. These are the interviews with entrepreneurs that are playing a key part in shaping the African future. And you'll be able to hear all their stories. For more, sign up for the weekly newsletter at thestarter.com. Our revolution will be televised. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed the show. Before you go, I have a favor to ask you, and it will take 30 seconds of your time or less. It will mean a lot to me. If you like this podcast, you can easily let me know by going into iTunes, Teacher, SoundCloud, or wherever you download podcasts and subscribe. You can also go to our website, thestarter.com. That is T-H-E-S-T-A-R-T-A.com and sign up for our newsletter. It will be a huge favor to me and it's really simple and easy. If you subscribe now, it will help us a lot. Thanks.